can multiply our time. And the main idea that we shared that morning was this. You have time for what you choose to have time for. And I challenged you that morning to choose the important over the urgent. In the second week of that series, last week, we talked about multiplying our treasures. And the main idea of that day, we said that God has created us to pour, not to store. And I challenged you to live with an abundant mindset and not a scarcity mindset. Well, today we come to the last week, and today we're going to talk about talents, those gifts and abilities and uh, talents that God has given to each of us. And we're going to look at this question that's coming up on the screen today. Are you using your gifts to the fullest, to the glory of God. Now, we're going to use the word gifts a lot in the message today. It's already been in the opening scripture, and it kind of comes at a perfect time because we've turned that corner now from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and we're thinking about gifts, right? Uh, where are all the brave people who went Black Friday shopping? Let me see your hands, okay? Only one or two in here today, okay? All right? So I don't know where you're at on your Christmas list, Black Friday people probably already got a little bit of a, a head start. Or maybe you sat at home and you did all your shopping on Amazon. Tomorrow, I think, is Cyber Monday. And so, you know, some of you will take advantage of that. But when it comes to this time of year and we have the list of everybody we're trying to buy for, there's some people that you're just, you're just trying to get them taken care of. Can we be honest about that, right? And then there's some people you're like, I really want to find the perfect gift for that person. And sometimes you find the perfect gift and you think, man, this is exactly what they're going to love, exactly what they need. And you are just as excited about giving it as you are them receiving it, right? You know what I mean. Now imagine for a minute that you had wrapped up that perfect gift that you found for that family member or that friend and you gave it to them and you said, this is, this is just for you. And they just held it. They just looked at it. They just kept it there by their chair in the living room while you're opening gifts. And you would be like, come on, come on, come on. I, I got that for you. It, it would be kind of crazy for us to think about that. And that would drive us, drive us nuts to imagine that we gave somebody a gift and they didn't open it. How would you feel if that happened? You would be like, man, I really don't understand what's going on. Well, the verse of scripture that we just read this morning, our key text for today, tells us that God has given each of us a gift. God's given all of us a gift. And look at what it says again in 1 Peter. It says, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has a lot of different gifts. He gives each of us a gift. And he says for us to use them to serve one another. And then he says uh, some examples of what we can do with those gifts. And so I want to go ahead right out of the gate this morning and give you the main idea of today's message. And that is this. Gifts are meant to be opened, open yours. You can hear me say that a lot today. Gifts are meant to be opened, open yours. Now, Peter tells us, let's look at it again on the screen. He says, each of you, God has given each of you a gift. You see that? Every person here today has a gift that God has given to you. You're Gifted, all right? I'm gonna do the classic preacher thing that I hate to do, but it's just fun sometimes. Look at the person beside you and say, you're gifted. In, uh, in Romans chapter 12, Paul says it another way. He says, look, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a specific function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And in his grace, God has given us different, what? 
gifts for doing certain things well. And then he, then he reads a list. He says, so if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's to give, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do so gladly. I say again this morning to you, gifts are meant to be opened, open yours. Paul would also say in 1 Corinthians, he would tell us where every gift that we're gonna talk about today, where those gifts come from. In 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 12, 4, he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit is the one who distributes the gifts. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. And he goes on to say, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. And then he begins to list the spiritual gifts. Knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, interpretation of tongues, different kinds of tongues. And then in verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Again, gifts are meant to be opened Open yours. Now, you may read that list that we just read and feel a little intimidated because you're like, hey, Pastor, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't have those super spiritual gifts like prophecy and wisdom and leadership and discernment and healing and all those things. Well, well stay with me this morning because the scripture tells us that, that gifts are, are, that's a pretty broad term. And, and in the Old Testament, there's a story and a description of gifts that's tucked away in a place where you really wouldn't expect to find it. And it's in a place that you're going to get up in the morning and do your Bible reading. You're probably not going to flip over and find Exodus chapter 31. But in Exodus chapter 31, we're right in the middle of the description of God telling Moses how to build the tabernacle. And in the middle of him build, telling him how to build the tabernacle and all the specific things that go into it, in, in verse 31... Uh, in chapter 31, rather, he says this to Moses. Look, listen how specific God is. He says, I've chosen, I've chosen Brother B. How about that? I'll, I tried. Y'all give me a pass. I tried. I've chosen Brother B, son of Brother U, the son of her. I can get that one. Of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. With wisdom, with understanding, and with knowledge. Okay, now that sounds like what we just read from 1 Corinthians. But then the Lord adds this, and he says, and with all kinds of skills. What kind of skills did Brother B get? He got skills to make artistic designs for wood and gold, silver and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. So that means that Brother B had him a, a business there that said, uh, Brother B's carpenter shop. He could do a little bit of everything. And it says, moreover, I've appointed Brother O, son of Brother A, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. He's got, a, he's got a member, he's got a co-worker who's in business with him. And I have given 
ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I've commanded you. So what's going on here where the Lord is saying to Moses, here's all these things that need to be in the tabernacle. But don't worry, Moses. There, there are multiple men that I have gifted to be able to, with their hands, Make the things I've told you to make. Here we go. We go back to our statement for the day. Gifts are meant to be opened. Open yours. And we know that those men opened their gifts and used them to build the tabernacle, a beautiful dwelling for the presence of God in the Old Testament. Now here at Rinkin Church of God, I 100% believe that this body is a growing, thriving, healthy church because so many of you are using your gifts to help us to reach our love your city vision, to hear his heart, to show his love, and to see his kingdom. And I gotta tell you, one of the greatest joys and one of the greatest things about my job is to see you discover your gift, use your gift, and then receive multiple blessings from God because you're using that gift for the glory of God. And I just wanna take a minute this morning to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you in the multiple ways that you serve this body. This is not a one-man show. We are a growing, thriving, effective church in this community, not because of one person, but because of hundreds of people who are doing an awesome job to serve right here at Rinkin Church of God. I want you to see this video just as another way for us today to say to you, thank you. To our volunteers, we thank you. You get up early, you get the last ones out the door, get up in. You serve to be a part of a bigger story that is unfolding. You play the role that only you can play. And it's a story that we're all making together. You realize that serving is more than the task that you do. It's more than making coffee. It's more than cleaning. Or playing an instrument. Or working behind the scenes. Or hosting a song, more than hanging out with teens, or playing trains with a child, more than handshakes and warm smiles, more than singing a song or having a conversation. It's way more than that. You serve to build a church community that welcomes people wherever they are at. You serve to create a safe place to explore faith. You serve because God first served us. You serve as a way of life. You serve to show compassion and grace and love. You serve to show that there are second chances. To show that God does not give up on you. You don't serve for power, recognition, popularity, or applause. You give when it's not easy, sacrifice when it's hard. You have found joy when you put yourself second. You believe in a story bigger than yourself, in a dream that only God can deliver. What you do matters. It matters more than you often realize. Together we can do so much. Together we are used by God. If you're not part of this story, we invite you in. And to all of our volunteers, we thank you. We honor you. We couldn't do church without you being church. Will you help me say thank you to all those who serve in our church? Come on. <laughs> Teachers, singers, musicians, tech crew, video crew, sound, nursery, ushers, greeters, 
Kid City Volunteers, Backpack Buddies Team, Family Promise, people who make food for that, uh, Leadership Team, Council, Visitation, Cards, Letters, Call, Pray, Work on a Work Day, Provide a Service, Trim Trees, Mow the Grass, Change Light Bulbs, Repairs, Improvements, Make Coffee, Set Up for Banquets, Plan Retreats, Chaperone Events, Serve at the Pumpkin Plat Patch, Complete Projects. The list goes on and on and on and on of the many ways that you guys are loving our city right here and making us as effective as we are today. And I just, again, want to say thank you. Uh, a great example of God-given gifts being used in the house is, and for the glory of God is this stage remodel project and that we finished over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you to those men who worked so hard to be a part of that. Um, some of them are in the service today. Some of them are not. I, I want to ask you, if I call your name today and you're here, if you'll just stand right where you're at, I just want to let you, I want to recognize you in front of our congregation today because so many guys jumped in and made this project possible, and specifically this group of men who pulled it off. Gene Housen, he works every Sunday, and he's not able to be here, but him, Mr. Kenny Thornton, and Dennis Malott, they did a lot of the major work being here three days in a row to build this stage. Would you give those guys a big hand this morning? <laughs> Kenny, Gene, Dennis, thank you guys so much for your hard work. Um, we've got guys that are Exodus 31 men who can do stuff very specifically and do it very well, like Brooks Perez and Sean Batterton. Those guys aren't in the service today. Sometimes they're in the second service, but they did a lot of specific little things around here to make this happen. And then um, our tech crew and our sound crew and our video crew, Josh Saplu, Dorn Saplu, Evan Johnson, and, and Jack Bergen, those guys came in here and had a big job once this job was finished to make sure everything was right. Will you give those guys a big hand as well this morning? Thank you guys for all your hard work. And uh, let me just take a minute. I've, I've mentioned it before, but, but there's a few people who are still asking me about, um, is the stage finished? What happened to the cross? Are we getting away from the cross? No, we're not getting away from the cross. We just took down a wood wall that had been up here for about six years. And uh, actually, it was the first time we've had a cross on that wood wall in the 30-plus years that we've been in this building. And so, did anybody see a cross on the screen behind the words this morning? Did anybody sing about the cross this morning? All right, so I give you permission. If I start getting away from the cross, fire me and get... Get a real pastor, okay? Just because we took down a piece of wood doesn't mean we're getting away from the cross, okay? Everybody good on that? Everybody understand that, okay? We're not done yet. We don't know what we're going to do in this space. We decided to get it finished. We knew Christmas was going up right after we got it finished. And so we're, we're taking some time to research and plan and prepare. But, um, but rest assured, uh, we're not getting away from the cross, and we're not becoming some crazy wild church, Okay? Uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep rolling like we are. Okay, so let's get back on track. Now, everything we've been saying today, this recurring thought, we've got gifts. God wants us to use our gifts, and this falls right in line with who and what we're called to be as Christ followers. As as Christians, we call ourselves Christ followers, and I got to thinking about this. Would you say that Jesus was gifted? Yeah. Okay. Did Jesus open his gifts and use his gifts? Yeah, he sure did. Okay. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you permission to talk to me this morning. We're going to turn this into, into a small group. Okay. So tell me, what were some of the gifts that Jesus had that he used in his ministry? Somebody. Healing. Healing. What else? Teaching. What else? Prophecy. 
Prophesying. What else? Serving. What else? What's that? Empowering others. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. Some of the ones I I thought about, uh, he was a servant leader. He was a people person, wasn't he? I mean, he was an encourager. He had the gift of mercy and he had the gift of faith and, and wisdom and preaching. You know, if Jesus took one of those spiritual gifts test, he'd get a 10 in every category, right? He had a variety of gifts, but he didn't use those gifts to, to show off. He always used those gifts to bring glory to God and to serve others. And when things actually seemed to be peaking, that people were looking more at the gifts than, than, than the message, he would actually disappear for a while. You see that all throughout the scriptures. But here's what we know about Jesus. When we look very carefully at his life, we see Jesus had a mission, he had a method, and he had an example. Let's look at this real quick. Jesus' mission was super clear. He said in in Luke 19, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus' method was very clear. In Matthew 20, verse 28, he said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. In John chapter 13, Jesus' example, the night before he goes to the cross, he takes off his outer garment, he gets on the floor, he washes his disciples' feet. Jesus' examples. Jesus used his gifts to save, to seek, and to serve. His gifts were meant to be opened, and he opened them, right? So we've established this morning that Jesus had gifts. He opened them. He used them. We've established that we have gifts, and we're to use them. So with these two things we're talking about, his gifts and our gifts, what did Jesus say that we should do with our gifts? What did he expect of us? Well, he gives us a story that's very clear in Matthew chapter 25. You may know it as the parable of the talents or your Bible may call it the parable of the three servants. And depending upon the translation, your translation may say they were given talents or bags of gold or bags of silver or or dollars. But today we're just gonna say bags of gold. So the story goes like this in Matthew 25. Jesus says and gives the story of a man who, who was a rich man. He was a well-to-do man. He had servants. And he, sent his, he went on a trip and he called three servants together. And he said, guys, while I'm gone, I want you to take care of some things. And the servant number one, he said, here's five bags of gold. Take care of that while I'm gone. He called the second servant. He said, here's two bags of gold. You take care of that while I'm gone. And to the third servant, he said, here's one bag of gold. You take care of that while I'm gone. And so he goes on his trip. He's gone for a while. And when he comes back, he says, okay, guys, what happened to what I gave you? Well, the first servant comes back. He says, hey, master, you gave me five bags of gold, and now I have 10. That's what you call multiplication, right? He says, man, awesome, good job. Well done, good and faithful servant, okay? Key word there, servant. You know the story. Guy number two, what'd you do? I I had two bags of gold, Jesus And now I've got four bags of gold. Man, well done, good and faithful servant. And what do we see that took place? Multiplication again. Then we've got the last servant who comes along who had one bag of gold. It's kind of like the thing that you hear people say, you had one thing to do. And so he took that one bag of gold. He went on the back of the property. He dug a hole. He buried it. And he came back and he said, hey, just a minute. Let me go get that bag of gold. Because you gave it to me and I did my job. I took care of it. And Jesus looked at him. This is pretty intense, y'all. And he says to him, you wicked and lazy servant. And, And he had tried to butter up 
his boss and said, look, I know how hard you work. I know how important one bag of gold is to you. So I just, I didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want to go use it and lose it. But Jesus said, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant, gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank, you bozo? At least then I'd have had a little bit of interest. And when you look at this story, it's really interesting the terminology that Jesus uses to distinguish the groups of men here. And I, I've, I've read this many times, but never really seen it as this comparison. Look at this. To one group he calls the men with the five and the man with the two. He says, good and faithful servant. Look at this. And to the other one he calls wicked and lazy servant. Do you see that? The difference in what these two groups, these two men we're called. See, Jesus is saying to us that Jesus, just like the master in the servant in the story, expects us to use our gifts and our talent and our money to the fullest. Here's what we learn in this story: gifts in action are multiplied. Whether that's dollars or it's or it's spiritual gifts or it's encouragement, whatever it is, gifts in action are multiplied, but gifts that are hidden are removed. Again, gifts are meant to be what? Opened. So open yours. That's the point. Now we read a moment ago in, in uh, Romans chapter 12 where Paul tells us about all these gifts. And I want to pick up where, he, where we left off because in verse 9, he really tells us something important. He says, listen, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tight to what's good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And all these gifts you've got, he says in verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So what have we learned so far this morning, okay? We've learned here it is. Each of us has been given a gift. Those gifts are meant to be opened. Jesus was our example. He, he came to seek save and serve, and Jesus expects us to use those gifts that he has blessed us with. Now here comes the, the, the turn in the story this morning, the turn in the message. But the problem, often, with some, is that when it comes to serving, using those gifts, those talents, those abilities, we often respond to Jesus' example and Jesus' expectation with excuses. We hear what Jesus says. We see his example. It's very clear. We hear his expectations in the story of the parable of the, of the servant. But then we often respond with excuses. And instead of using our gifts and our talents and our abilities and seeing them multiply, we will hoard them or hide them like the servant with the one gift. Sometimes the excuses for not serving in the local church sound like this. I really don't have any gifts. I'm too busy right now with work and family and problems, maybe later. There was a ministry going on, but it was shut down or ended, so I don't know what I do now. My spouse serves, so that counts for me. I wasn't asked. I got hurt. I'm serving in other ways outside the church. Hey, man, everything seems good to me. You guys don't need me. Every, everything's covered. I served for a while. I felt unappreciated. Nobody thanked me, so I just, just stopped. 
I don't really get anything out of it. I, I, just, I just need to settle for a while. I'm, I'm burnt out and I'm tired. And, and the one that I love the most, hear my sarcasm, I'm retired. I've done my time in the church. I'd like to suggest that if you're a person who's ever used an excuse for why you aren't serving, that you reconsider why you're not serving. Again, let's review what we've said. Each of us has a gift, okay? So nobody can say, I don't have anything to give. Those gifts are meant to be what? Okay, we're getting at nine o'clock. Jesus gives us the example of seek, save, serve. And Jesus expects us to use the gifts that he's given us. Now, I will say this. There are sometimes there are legitimate reasons why people don't serve in the local church. Sometimes someone's a new believer and they're just trying to learn what it means to, to follow Christ. Okay, I get that. Sometimes people are coming from another church and there's many of you like that this morning. You're new to our church and so we don't expect you to the first few weeks just to come in and start serving. You're checking things out. I get that. Some people have been hurt. They're coming from a hurt situation at another situation and I get that. Because sometimes you need to heal. And people have come here for many years and found this to be a place where they can heal. But then they begin to serve. Sometimes somebody's gone through a moral failure. And they need to just sit and receive and heal and grow. And then sometimes, honestly, some people are just not physically able. They've got to that place to where for them to come to church, that's really about all they can do when it comes to serving. And I, I'll admit today, when it comes to serving, sometimes the church... We get this wrong. Sometimes we don't make it easy. Sometimes we don't let you know there's a need. We, our expectations aren't clear. We don't help people find their gifts. People don't understand the benefits of serving. And one of the things that the church is really good at is we'll find somebody who's good at something and we will work them until they can't do anything else. And we try. We're trying real hard to get away from that. But I want you to see this this morning. Listen. Sometimes legitimate reasons lead to lingering seasons which lead to a sit-on-the-bench consumer mindset, consumer mentality. What do you mean by a consumer mentality? The consumer church mentality is, well, it's all about me. And people who are church consumers kind of look at the church as kind of like Burger King. I want to have it my way. Thank you, Burger King. You came along in the 80s and you said, you can have it your way. We're not just going to package it up and put it under a heat lamp. You tell us what you want and we'll squirt exactly what you want on it. We'll build it exactly how you want that burger. You can have it your way. But the problem when it comes to a consumer mindset, when it gets inside the church is this. Number one, it's not scriptural. It's not what Jesus did, seek, save, and serve. It's the opposite of everything the Bible teaches when it comes to serving others. The consumer mindset means that church becomes all about me, and it also means that a small number of people do most of the serving. Y'all okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is almost as fun as talking about giving last week. A few years ago, our family went on a, a family vacation in a lifetime, we went out west, and uh, in the middle of all the uh, national parks, I've told this story before, and some of you heard it, uh, we stopped at the Great Salt Lake, there's a picture coming up on the screen, and, and uh, we were like, we got to go to the Great Salt Lake, I mean, we're, we're, we were driving right through the middle of, of that area, and we went, 
And I got to tell you, it was the most disappointing thing that we saw on our entire almost two weeks out west. Because when we got to the Great Salt Lake and we walked up and we, we, we went through the gift shop and then we walked out on the pier to look at it, it was kind of like, this is it? And I got to tell you, it smelled terrible. I mean, it was the, it was the most awful smelling place. It almost smelled as bad as Kroger does right now. I thought I'd get, I'd get some of you. If, if you haven't been in Kroger lately, go in there and take a, take a whiff and pray for them. <laughs> but I'm telling y'all, it was rough. But here's the reason why the Great Salt Lake stinks. It's the same reason why the Dead Sea sinks over in Israel. Because all it does is take in. And it doesn't flow out. All it does is take in. And it doesn't flow out. And if we, in any area of our lives whether it's with our family or at our job or if it's in the church, if all we do is take in and we never give out, we'll start to stink. Our attitude will start to stink. Our, uh, the way we deal with others will start to stink. Anybody ever been around any stinky people? I know you have. Y'all are quiet this morning. That's okay. But that's what happens when we get a consumer mindset. But here in Scripture we've learned today, there's a different mindset. And I'm, and I'm thankful that I believe in Reagan Church of God. The large majority of this house comes in every week with the opposite mindset, which is a contributor mindset. See, we said last week, when you keep, what you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. God did not give more when they stored it, but when they poured it. And so, something very important to see, and it's coming up on the screen, consumers become critical. People who all they do is take in, they will become the most critical people in the house and they're always looking for something to complain about. But contributors become Christ-like. It's a big difference. When you give out of everything that God has blessed you with, your talents and abilities, you are becoming like Jesus, like the man with the five and the, the man with the two. Paul said in Ephesians 2, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everybody in the house, God has given you something that you can contribute to the house. A contributor mindset looks like this. You use your God-given gifts. You walk in obedience. You practice what's been preached. It's Christ-like behavior and you are part of something bigger than yourself. It's what we said last week. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. That's a real good place for everybody to say. Amen. It's the principle we learned about last week with the feeding of the 5,000. And it's not just true with the physical things and with finances. It's true with our gifts. You see some people and you think, man, they're good at a lot of different things. I wonder if sometimes people who are good at a lot of different things are good at a lot of different things because they just keep giving and giving and, and, and sharing their gifts and God multiplies them. Or maybe they're good at one thing like helping to build a stage and the more they give and they more contribute to that, they just get better and better at what they're able to do. We said it last week in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows, how church? Generously will reap generously, amen? So give me some background music and we're gonna bring this thing to a close. So with all this talk about contributors or consumers, here's a good question to ask as we come to a close today. 
Does the church, does the church exist for its members or its mission? Does Rankin Church of God exist for its members or its mission? My answer to that is a New Testament, great commission, great commandment church. The answer is both. The answer is yes. The church exists for its members. This church is here to serve you to bless you, to encourage you, to visit you, to give out of our resources when you have a need. But the church is also here for you to join hands with us in our mission and help us to do what God has called us to do in this community. I say it again, opened gifts create Christ-like contributors and our God has created us to pour, not to store. So somebody might be asking this question this morning. Okay, I got it. I got it. How do I get involved? How do I find out where I can serve? Okay, if you're already a member, you've already gone through the growth track and you're not serving anywhere, it's a possibility that you've fallen through the cracks. Because one of the things that we're trying to get better at around here, and it's not one of the things that we're real good at, is helping people to find their place. We're getting better, I believe. But we've got, some, we've got some growth to do to help. So if you're still waiting on a phone call or you filled out a form and you've not heard from us, come see us. The best thing to do is not to talk to me right after the church because guess what? We gotta do this one more time and I'll probably forget, all right? But text me or email me or, or see me on a Wednesday night and we will, we will make sure that we we get you where you need to be, okay? And find a place for you to serve. But if you're new to our church and you're not a member and you've not gone through the growth track, this is our own ramp, the growth track, to find out who we are, what we believe, what your gifts and talents and abilities are, and how you can serve here in the local church. The growth track's on pause until Sunday, January 8th, because the next month's gonna get super busy. So you'll hear us talk about it. But the second Sunday in January, the growth track will start at 9 o'clock over in the Family Life Center. And you can go through that and find out what your gifts and abilities are and how you can contribute and not just be a consumer. So let me ask you this final question today as we finish up. So we've talked a lot about Jesus today and what his ministry looked like and how he came to seek, to serve, and to save. But he was only here for active in ministry three years. And then he handed the ball to his disciples. And he said, okay, guys, now it's time for you to run with the ball. Let me ask you this question this morning. What if the disciples had been consumers only? Think about that. What if the disciples had only been consumers? What if they'd have heard the Great Commission, seen Jesus go up in the sky and said, well... Then he was talking to somebody else. Where's the fishing poles? Where's the tax collector's booth? Let's go back to being a zealot. Whatever their pre-Jesus jobs were. What if they went back to what they did before they met Jesus? You know what wouldn't be here today? The church. You and me. We would not know the story because the story would have died. 
Jesus put it on the back of those 11 men because Judas had already made his decision on those 11 men and it would be more than that on the day of Pentecost 120 would be in that room and then scatter throughout Jerusalem, Judea and the uttermost parts of the world, world to hear the Great Commission and fulfill the Great Commission. I, you hear me say it a lot and I'll keep saying it till everybody in the house will get involved and watch The Chosen. There's never been anything like The Chosen Jesus television series. And, and we went and saw season three in theaters, season episode one and two of season three in theaters on Tuesday night. And in season three, spoiler alert, this is already in scripture. There's a scene where Jesus sits down with the 12 and he says, okay guys, now it's time for you to go out. And he sent them out two by two. He paired them up and said, you're going to go do the things that I've been doing. So Jesus gave them on the job training. He was preparing them before that day that he would leave and, and ascend to heaven and then say, hey guys, it's all yours. But they had a choice to make, to be consumers or contributors. So today we have a choice to make. We've all been given a gift. And so many of you are opening your gift and you're sharing your gift in so many ways around here. But that's the question today. And that is the main idea and the challenge. Gifts are made to be opened. Open yours. One more time, can we all say it together this morning? Gifts are made to be opened. Open yours. Will you stand with me today as the worship team comes in and joins us? Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much today. Your word is so clear to us this morning that you have called us, you have equipped us, you have gifted us to use the things that you've blessed us with, the gifts and talents and abilities to build your kingdom. Not just a church. We talk about the local church today because that's where we're at. But wherever we're at, Wherever our jobs are, wherever we're called with our family and our friends and our community, you've called us into those places to use the gifts and talents and abilities that you have given to us today. And so this morning, God, we say to you, Lord, that we don't want to just be consumers. We want to contribute to your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, today that those who are contributors in the house, I pray over them today and just ask you, Lord, today that as they are like the, the men with the five and the two bags of gold. That as they continue to contribute in this house, in the home they live in, at the job and in our community and among their family, that Lord, you would multiply their gifts and bless them abundantly, God, as they begin and they continue to use those gifts for your glory. Lord, I pray today for those who are here in the house this morning who maybe have not put their gifts in operation yet, or maybe they've not discovered them yet, God, I pray that, Lord, you would touch their hearts today. And God, they would feel the call to you to something bigger than themselves to realize that you have gifted them to be used for your glory and your honor. Lord, today we don't wanna just be contributors, just be uh, consumers rather who just take it in, take it in, take it in, and then we just stink because all we do is complain. But Lord, help us to be people who contribute to the kingdom. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The beautiful thing about that story 
in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says to the five and the two, well done, my good and faithful servant. And Jesus will use that as this analogy, this idea, this thought for the future of what as Christ followers, we all should be pursuing. And that is when we walk in to heaven's gates, whatever that looks like, that we hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. As, as we've said before, as I've heard some people say, we live for the well done. That's what we live for. We live to see him face to face and for him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Anybody living for the well done today? I want us to close the service today by just committing ourselves to him today and saying, God, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, I give those over to you today. Let's sing this together today. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can you say that again, church? I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you. Let's sing the bridge. My life is not my own. Come on. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Come on, church, let's sing that to him. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Oh, let's say it again. My life, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I give myself, I give myself away, I give myself away, I give myself away, so you can use me, I give myself away, I give myself away, so bow our heads all over the house today. Will you just take a moment right here and talk to the Lord? What has God said to you in this message today? Have you been convicted that you need to step out to share more of those gifts, to open that gift that God's given you? 
Have you been encouraged today that God is using your gifts for his glory? And you would say to him right now, God, just, I keep giving myself to you. Wherever you are right now, can we just take a moment as they quietly just sing that chorus again? Would you just speak to him right now, right where you're at, and take a moment to seal this service? Lord Jesus, right now, all over this room, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, the contributors in the house, those who are giving, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that their gifts and talents and abilities would multiply, God, as they continue to share them. Lord, I pray that those, God, who are unsure what their gifts are, unsure where they could serve, that, God, you would show them that today. And, God, that as they take that step, Lord, to use what you bless them with, that, God, they would see the fruit, God. They would reap, as we've read about, God, an incredible reward, God, from all that you've blessed them with. God, we thank you that as a result of what we've heard today, God, that we're going to be greater and better stewards of all you've blessed us with. Lord, make us like the servant with the five and the two, that our gifts, our talents, and our abilities, our time, our treasures, and our talents would multiply as we submit those over to you today. And we thank you for it, and we give you praise for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. We'll see you back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for Family Ministries Night. Have a great day.